It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. We don't want to just win, we want to dominate. And here we go. Alrighty, for today's Locked On Reds, I have with me, joining me, a recurring guest here on the podcast. His name is Matt Wilkes. He writes for Reds Content Plus. I'm sure you probably checked them out. They've got all kind of good content on the Reds. Plus, well, I'm just kidding. It's really just more of the Reds. But Matt is here with me today. We're going to kind of check in on the Reds statistically up to this point. We are on the first off day of the 2020 season. But before we jump into all of that, Matt, how you doing, man? Doing good, Jeff. Happy to be here. Good to have you. I know that uh, we're, we're coming off a loss, but overall a pretty good weekend up in Milwaukee. And, you know, it was good to see them win, especially after the 13 to nothing loss that they took to Cleveland and everybody on social media was like, oh, the season's over. We're done. And to see them bounce back was a good thing. Wanted to start off kind of with that good vibe and look at The newest member of the Reds coming into 2020, Nicholas Castellanos, because, my gosh, this dude is an MVP. I mean, when you look at the Reds offensively, their numbers are kind of pedestrian. They're right in the middle of the road, 67 runs scored. According to the Major League rankings, that's number 15, right there in the middle. And if you look at everything else, it's kind of ho-hum. We we thought this lineup was going to be better than it is. We're going to get into maybe hopefully some positive stuff on that, but let's start off with Nicholas Castellanos because, my goodness, I mean, he comes off an NL Player of the Week. He hits three home runs this week. How good is this guy? Yeah, I mean, I think we since Castellanos has been traded from the Tigers, we're starting to see maybe how Comerica Park kind of held him back, especially in regards to his power. Um, obviously Comerica is an enormous ballpark, one of the biggest in the league. Um, and now that he's kind of away from that, we're starting to see him, uh, really up those home run numbers. Um, so and he's really hitting the ball hard too, uh, is, is what I've been impressed with. You know, he's, he's in the upper, uh, top 10% in, in exit velocity and hard hit rate and everything you want to see there. Granted, it's still very early in the season, um, and one bad week, you know, could throw all of that off. But uh, what I've been impressed with is just how consistently he hits the ball hard. Um, and he's he's actually shown some s- small but encouraging signs of, of better plate discipline, too. Um, and I believe uh, C. Trent Rosecrans with The Athletic just wrote a story about this, um, about Castellanos and Trevor Bauer kind of challenging each other. Um, to get better in certain areas, you know, having faced each other for so many years in the AL Central. Um, and, you know, the, the the knock on Castellanos has always kind of been, uh, he has a lot of swing and miss in his game. He doesn't really walk too much. Um, but even on that side of the coin, he's shown uh, more patience than I expected 
at the plate so far this year. Um, you know, his walk rate's kind of up, up around league average um, right now. He tends to be pretty pretty far below league average most years. Uh, strikeout rate's still kind of high, um, but he, he's chasing fewer pitches outside the strike zone. Um, so, you know, it, it's two weeks of games. It's a small sample. Um, you know, his career averages would tell you that he may he may not keep this up, um, but I – I've been nothing but impressed so far. It's kind of a small sample size, which is where we're taking our grains of salt with pretty much everything statistically that we're looking at today. But on the same token, it's been really fun to watch him play. And our buddy Jake over at Locked On Bengals likes to look at some of the baseball savant statistics, especially in-game and stuff, and tweet about that. And he remarks about how crazy it is that According to StatCast, Nick Castellanos is actually kind of getting unlucky a little bit. Yeah, uh, a l- uh, just a little bit. Um, you know, his expected batting average is up near 355. His actual batting average uh, is around 290. Um, so, you know, with his quality of contact, uh, you know, factored in with launch angle, um, StatCast thinks, you know, he, he should be performing even better than he is. Um, so, you know, it's just a product of hitting the ball hard. Um, and he's got a nice line drive swing, um, and he's, his launch angle is up a little bit this year. Um, and maybe that's small sample. Maybe that's purposeful. Um, need more data to tell on that, but, uh, he really came out of the gate hot and, and there's certainly an argument to say he, he could be doing even better if uh, a couple of balls had bounced his way. So, uh, Let's just hope he keeps it up because the the rest of the offense is uh, not exactly pulling their weight. Yeah, and that's that's actually a good segue because we're going to look at some of the others that and the uh, one guy real quick too before we jump into some guys that we're hoping can bounce back. One guy who has begun to bounce back and especially on Sunday really kind of carried the run creation for the Reds was Jesse Winker. It's nice to see how he has bounced back, especially over these past couple of games. What are you seeing from him that has been encouraging signs? Because I know early on he was really struggling. Yeah, with with Winker, you know, I think what I'm always looking at with him is he hits the ball hard. Um, he's, I think he was second or third on the team last year in, in average exit velocity, and I don't think that's something um, that a lot of fans realize is that Jesse Winker hits the ball hard, and he hits the ball hard pretty consistently. Um, and even, even during his slow start, he was still – you know, averaging, you know, 90 mile an hour exit velocity, um, you know, league average is 88. So 90 is, is great. Um, I think when Winker tends to slump, um, he tends to hit a lot of ground balls. And I think that was uh, kind of his, his problem for the first couple of weeks, strike it out a little bit more than usual for Winker as well. Um, but when, when he, when he really slumps, he, he tends to hit the ball on the ground a lot. Uh, and we've seen these last couple of, couple of days, two, three, four games, yeah, he's starting to elevate the ball a little bit, um, and, and you know that's starting to translate into some better results. Um, and you know he's also putting the bat on the ball a, a little bit better than he was the first week and a half or so. So, you know, I think Winker, you know, given that he's only going to play against the right-handed pitchers for the most part, I think that really optimizes uh, you know his skill set. And I, I'm I'm not worried about Winker long term. Um, I think he just kind of got off to a slow start. I think you could you could see him have uh, some great numbers by the end of the year, especially like I said, uh, given that he's only 
facing right-handed pitchers for the most part who he has absolutely destroyed in his major league career. Outside of Tyler Stevenson, who has never made an out in his major league career, Jesse Winker leads the Reds in on-base percentage. <laughs> I kid. Obviously, Tyler Stevenson's only had a couple of plate appearances, so that's not really a fair comparison. But you mentioned Joey. He's a guy who started off really hot. Everybody was really excited to see the couple of long balls, and he has certainly cooled off since then. He's now batting below 200. What what kind of things are you seeing from him? I know that early on his exit velocity seemed to be a little bit low. Yeah, Joey Votto is, in, in typical Joey Votto fashion, is having a very interesting season statistically. Uh, like you said, exit velocity is not there. Uh, it, it, in fact, it is, is way, way down from where we usually see Votto. Uh, he is in the sixth percentile in exit velocity right now. Averaging uh, 84 miles an hour. Oh my. So not what we're used to seeing from Joey. Joey's mm. usually around at least league average, 88 miles an hour. So way down there. Uh, yet his expected batting average is still 287. Um, his actual average is only 196 after today. Uh, and he's not striking out at all. Uh, he has two strikeouts on the year. That's a 3 4% strikeout rate. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, he's not uh, swinging and missing very much either, especially compared to last year. Um, so it seems Joey has really emphasized uh, putting the bat on the ball uh, and striking out less. Last year, he struck out more than he had in his uh, entire big league career as far as strikeout rate goes. Um, so it seems he's really kind of sacrificed hitting the ball hard for hitting, putting the ball on play more, uh, which can be a good thing if he's, uh, you know, hitting those soft line drives over the infielder. But is that a, a viable long-term strategy? I don't know. Ask a guy like Jose Peraza, and I, I'd tell you probably not. <laughs> um, but he's Joey Votto, so he's not Jose Peraza. So if anybody can make that, that approach work, maybe it will be Votto. Um, but I, he, he has certainly shown the capability to still hit the ball hard. He's, he's notched a few uh, batted balls around 105 miles per hour. He's hit three home runs already. So it's still there. Um, it's just not there consistently. And with Joey Votto, I don't think many things he does are by accident. So, uh, you know, so far, at least in the last week or so, that approach hasn't hasn't paid off um, aside from that uh, go-ahead home run he hit against the Indians. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's a very... Joe, Joey Votto is nothing if not interesting, um, even when he's not performing. Um, just very, very interesting stat lines. So before we kind of wrap up the hitting, at least kind of looking at the big picture side of things for the Reds, there's one other guy that I wanted to look at. And I know that it's now only 42 at-bats into his major league career, but what do we know and I'm not I'm not saying that we have a whole picture. Obviously, it's a very, very tiny piece of the puzzle. But what do we know about Shogo Akiyama so far? I mean, they're they're not batting him a whole lot. They've, they've seemed to give him a little bit more leeway against lefties here recently. They haven't batted him a ton against lefty pitchers, though. And he does seem to strike out at a decent rate. What can you glean from the numbers on Shogo? Yeah, I think... Shogo is just adjusting to a new level of pitching. Um, it's it's definitely 
a step up from what he he saw over in Japan. Um, I've, I've been a little bit surprised about the strikeouts. Um, I, he's a better contact hitter than what he's shown so far. Um, and his strikeout rates are around 30% right now, which is very, very high. Uh, he seems to, what I've noticed, um, and, and I looked up his, his heat maps and things like that to confirm, is that he, he really has struggled with the high fastball so far. Um, and we saw in today's game, Brandon Woodruff struck him out twice on high fastballs. Um, and you, as, as a lot of people who've been watching the game the last few years, know high fastballs, um, are becoming increasingly common. So we'll see if he kind of adjusts to that. Um, but that being said, I think he's shown a pretty good eye at the plate so far. Um, that has been as advertised. I think he's just kind of going through an adjustment period right now. Uh, like you said, it's only 42 plate appearances, so far too early to, to hit the panic button or anything like that. Um, I think we're just kind of seeing some some growing pains, if you will, um, adjusting to a, a new level of pitching. Um, and I, I I think Shogo will, will turn it around. I don't know if he's going to be a 300 hitter by any means, um, but I also don't think he's going to be a guy who's striking out, you know, one out of every three times he steps to the plate. So I, I think it's just a, an adjustment right now. Um, and and, and we'll see. I think David Bell is trying to um, trying to ease Akiyama into it by facing it or by really only putting him in the lineup against right-handed hitters. Um, I think we'll probably see that continue until he kind of gets more comfortable uh, at the plate. Um, but I, I'm not necessarily worried about Shogun. I think it's just just an adjustment period for him right now. For sure. It, I- I'm guessing the high fastballs have a lot to do with like the spin rate and the rise and stuff like that. And maybe that's not something he sees a lot over in Japan. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So when we kind of wrap it all up on a big picture, put a nice little bow on it, at least for these first games until that first break there. uh, What do you see? I, I know that the BABIP has been super low for the Reds batting average on balls in play. And obviously I don't think they're going to bat 200 as a team for the entire season. So they're going to get better. How much better do you think they can get though? I think they can get quite a bit better once, once they get their full uh, team on the field. Uh, (laughs) And that, that's been the struggle so far. Uh, You know, Mike Moustakas has only played, I think seven games so far. Uh, Nixon Zell's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Joey Votto's missed a couple of games. Uh, so they really haven't had their their starting eight on the field that anybody expected um, so far this season. So that inconsistency has has certainly you know affected them to some degree. Uh, it's a pretty big drop off going from Mike Mustakas at second base to uh, Kyle Farmer and Christian Colon. No disrespect to either of them, but they're clearly sure. not the hitters that that Mike Mustakas is. Um, so I think once once the team gets healthy, uh, that's going to help a lot. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of fans kind of roll their eyes when you say, uh, yeah, they've been a little bit unlucky at the plate. Um, but you have to acknowledge to some degree luck does uh, factor into whether a, a blooper falls in for a single or uh, is caught by an outfielder or whether a ground ball finds a hole or is hit right at somebody. Um, and that has happened a fair fair amount to the Reds. Um, like you said, 
Uh, their batting average on balls and plays around, uh, I think, 220 right now. Um, and you would certainly expect that to uh, regress back to a normal average uh, of around 290 is, is typically where you see that number. Um, so I, I think they're due for some positive regression there. Um, there's still guys hitting the ball hard, and that's the most important thing. Um, you know, Nick Castellanos has been hitting the ball hard all year. Nixon Zell has been crushing the ball when he's in the lineup. Uh, same with Moustakis. Uh, same with Jesse Winker, especially the last couple of days. So those signs are good. Um, they just need to get uh, Moustakis back in this lineup, get Sinzel <laughs> yeah. back in the lineup. Um, and I think the breaks will start, will start coming their way um, at some point. From what the folks who talk about all the different injury stuff, whether it be David Bell or Dick Williams or all that stuff, it sounds like we may be getting them back on Tuesday, which will be huge because Tuesday starts an eight-game stretch against the Royals and the Pirates. It's time to feast. It's time to right the ship as far as hitting goes in. And to your point, I mean, for most people that don't realize this, Kyle Farmer and Mike Moustakas have the exact same number of at-bats. That That's that's huge. I mean, nobody would come into this season expecting that Kyle Farmer got as much playing time as Mike Moustakas, but that's where injuries can put a team in some dire straits, and that's definitely something that's going to improve. So here in a few minutes, I want to talk about uh, the pitching. We're going to look at some good, which is the starting pitching, and some bad, which is the bullpen, and unless you've been under a rock, you kind of already figured that part out. But first... Whether you're a starting pitcher who just pitched a complete game shutout, a reliever who didn't record a single out, or you're a fan sitting on the couch just screaming at all of this on the television, we all need to relax. That's where our friends at CBDMD come in. They've got this amazing duo of products that's going to help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. They've got CBD Freeze with Menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. They've also got CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support that you need when it matters most. And now, to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer... They're offering you, my listener, 25% off your next order. When you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B at CBDMD.com for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. So we talked about the hitting. We looked at a couple of good, couple of bad, couple of guys who are going to bounce back, some things like that. Now, I want to talk about the pitching. And in, in uh, you know, positive, optimistic fashion like I like to do, let's start off good. Let's start with the starting pitching, historic starting pitching, at least as far as strikeouts are concerned. And you see some different numbers when it comes to the top three guys. Of course, Sonny Gray just had kind of, you know, his first 
tough start of the season here on Sunday. And a lot of that had to do with inherited runners getting let across the plate and things of that nature. But at the same token, his first start of the season, although he still managed to continue that crazy streak of six hits or less. I love that. That that continues on for Sonny Gray. What have you seen? Because obviously the strikeouts are what everybody clings to because that's the main thing that's right in front of him. What other encouraging things have you seen from this rotation? Yeah, I mean, I think we're really just seeing the depth of this rotation. Uh, you know, one through four have been uh, almost unhittable at times. Yeah. Uh, you know, Luis Castillo's had some struggles uh, in his last couple of starts. But, I mean, Trevor Bauer has been basically unhittable. Sonny Gray's been basically unhittable. Anthony DiScofani through two starts, basically unhittable. Even Tyler Molly and his two uh you know, starts for Wade Miley uh, was very, very good. Um, so the depth really, really bodes well um, for the Reds. And they're, and they're really not walking very many guys either. Sonny Gray, you know, kind of had some struggles with command today. Um, and Luis Castillo's had some periodic um, issues with, with control, but they're really, they're limiting the free passes, which is huge. They're striking out batters. Um, and, and nobody's really making hard contact against any of the starting pitchers. Uh, and, and that all bodes extremely well. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, this team can go as far as the starting pitching takes it, as long as the offense um, steps up a, a little bit more than they have so far. And, and, and the bullpen, which we'll get to later, and the bullpen uh, kind of gets this act together because this – this is one of the best starting rotations, I think, in team history. Um, and I don't, don't feel like that's just overreacting based on two weeks of, of, of games either. I think, uh, you know, we saw what Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray could do last year. Uh, Anthony DiScofani was great in the second half, um, and he's added a ton of movement to his slider this year, um, and he's getting – uh, a lot more swings and misses on his slider this year hasn't necessarily translated to a lot of strikeouts so far, but uh, he's also not walking anybody. So I think Di Scalfani has set himself up well heading into free agency, even with the uncertainty uh, financially for a lot of teams heading into the off season. Um, and Trevor Bauer, you know, we, we kind of knew what he could be. We saw what he could be a couple of years ago in Cleveland uh, when he almost won the Cy Young last year. Uh, you know, I think, he had some issues with command, um, you know, in terms of walks and within the strike zone. Um, gave up a lot of home runs on his fastball in particular. Uh, and this year he's just blowing it by, guys. He's added some spin to it. Uh, even with his, with, with his velocity being down a little bit, he's still uh, getting a lot of swings and misses on his fastball. Um, and, you know, even, even the fifth spot in the rotation uh, with Tyler Molly so far has been rock solid. Uh, We'll see what happens when Wayne Miley takes his spot. Uh, to be honest, I would leave Tyler Miley in the rotation, but uh, given the contract that the Reds just gave to Wade Miley, I'm not necessarily surprised he is uh, being inserted back into the rotation. Um, I think he's probably the weak, weak link, and um, I, I would have said that before even his bad first start. Um, so we'll see. I think Tyler Miley could end up back in the rotation by the end of the year, and, and Wade Miley in the bullpen, frankly. Um, but you know the the depth here is is 
really, really important. Um, you know, if, if any of these guys does go down, Tyler Miley can step right back in. You know, TJ Antone had a pretty promising uh, first start this week against the Indians. So uh, the, the depth is, is really impressive as well. That was one thing that I noticed I, when I read your uh, post-game recap after Disco's amazing performance, and I had a question on Twitter as well. By the way, if you guys don't check out the uh, game recaps over at Red's Content Plus, they've got amazing in-depth recaps, one of my favorites to read after a game. But you were talking about Disco, and somebody asked me, he said, is it time to, at least in the rankings, I don't know necessarily uh, if we're talking about rotationally or if we're in a playoffs series or something like that, but is it time to start thinking of Disco and Castillo either as equals or maybe Disco even ahead of Castillo? I don't know. I kind of think that's a little premature just based on a couple of starts from Castillo, but that's definitely a credit to Disco. Dude has has gotten so much better over the last calendar year. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's another success story on the, the long list of them for, for pitching coach Derek Johnson. And it's a testament to, uh, you know, the, the data that the Reds have really pushed in the last couple of years and the technology that they've embraced. And these Clefani clearly has as well. Um, you know, I think we've, we've heard Chris Walsh talking about him changing his, his mechanics a little bit. Uh, hiding the ball a little bit better, a little more consistent delivery, uh, really fine-tuning that slider, like I mentioned. He's added uh, a couple of miles an hour to his fastball. Um, and I, I wouldn't say uh, him and Castillo are necessarily equals yet. Um, he doesn't doesn't have quite the stuff that Castillo does. Um, and again, it's only been two starts. Um, but these Scalfani, I think you could easily make an argument uh, that he is the best number four starter uh, in the game right now. Um, not not many teams can go to their number four starter and and really know what to expect uh, every time they give him the ball. And and that's a testament to Di Scalfani and the Reds coaching staff. Um, and, and we'll see we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But I've been nothing but impressed with with Disco so far. I'm with you, man. I'd, I've been very pleased watching him pitch, and and you mentioned Tyler Malley as well. I I am interested to see because I know they announced uh, earlier or yeah last night that uh, Miley would be back in a couple of days, which pushes Malley back to the bullpen. And saying those two names back to back is going to just turn my brain into a pretzel, but. I'm kind of with you. I, w- I was surprised that it was so like quick that they're kind of kicking him out of the rotation, but I think it definitely has to do with money. So, okay. We talked about the rotation. Oh no. We talked about the good. <laughs> now we got to run into this burning building. That is the bullpen. Oh my gosh. Is there any hope whatsoever, Matt? Oh, <sighs> deep breath. Okay. There, there, <laughs> There is hope. Okay, I know okay. the performance has been uh, horrible so far, atrocious, terrible. Um, it's been very bad uh, collectively. But look, okay, the Reds have some talent in the bullpen. Uh, yes. We all know it. Rysel Iglesias has looked much, much better in his last few outings. Um, he's still their best reliever. Um, I'm not. Not really concerned about him. He still hasn't walked a batter this year. 
Um, command has been much, much, much better after his first outing or two. Um, he'll be fine. Amir Garrett has been fine as well. Uh, even Lucas Sims has stepped up, um, and, and he has pitched pretty well uh, as well. You know, some walks uh, notwithstanding. Uh, and I think there's help on the way uh, when, when Robert Stevenson comes back. I think I think people kind of forget how good he was last year, and, and um, him missing the last uh, couple of weeks uh, has been has been pretty big because he, he picked up um, some important innings in high leverage situations last year, um, and, and there was a lot to like about kind of the underlying uh, data with him too uh, and the amount of swings and misses he was getting on his slider and, and things like that. Uh, the, the the way he limited hard contact. So I think there is some help on the way when he comes back. They've definitely missed Robert Stevenson. Um, it's going to hurt, I think, having Pedro Strope out for a while. He wasn't pitching super well um, before he got hurt, but you know that that's definitely some depth they lose there. Um, but Michael Lorenzen, I know he's he's the guy <laughs> oh, everybody man. wants to talk about. Uh, it's been bad. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sugarcoat it with Lorenzen. He is. He has pitched uh, very poorly this season. Uh, all most of the data would back that up. Um, I'm not sure what what the Reds are going to do with him right now. Um, his his command has been um, very poor. He, he's missing his spots. Um, he, today he, he walked three out of the four hitters that he faced. Um, and even when he's getting the ball in the strike zone, he's leaving it right in the heart of the play and getting crushed. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what's wrong with him. I don't know if it's, you know, there's all this talk about him trying to throw 103 miles an hour. Maybe, maybe that focus on, on trying to throw so hard has affected his mechanics, right. um, affected his command. I'm not sure. Um, but it's, it's definitely, alarming um the way that he's missing his spots um and and more so than just being a small sample um and and and, you know maybe he'll he'll come out this week and throw four or five shutout innings i i don't know um but the way he's missing his spots is a little concerning to me um you know some guys will just get bad breaks on a on a good pitch um you know rysel iglesias had a little bit of that going on in one of his outings in particular made a couple of good pitches um, inside and, and guys just, you know, blooped in a double things like that Uh, with Lorenzen. It hasn't quite been the case. Um, He's given them quite a bit of hard contact um, and, and he's really missing his spots. And that's something, you know, when Iglesias struggled, uh, well, yeah, quote unquote struggled uh, in his first couple of outings. Um, his command wasn't really that that off um guys guys were hitting um some pitchers pitches you know give him credit move on uh lorenzen is is just missing his spots and he's he's walking guys giving up hard contact um so i i think for now i don't think the reds are gonna send him down to the minor leagues uh, you know the the alternate training site he does right. have options left if they wanted to do that i don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> Uh, he has too long of a, a track record of success for the Reds to just uh, toss him aside this soon into the season. I, I do think um, David Bell's kind of been backed into a, a corner where he's going to have to uh, stop using Lorenzen in, in high su- leverage situa- situations uh, for the time being because he, he's just not getting the job done. 
Um, I think try to get him in, try to get his mechanics fixed. Hopefully Derek Johnson um, and, and company can work some magic there. Get him in in some low leverage situations, get that confidence back up. Because uh, right now his, his command is, is really a mess. Um, and his mechanics are inconsistent, things like that. So um, I think you, you're going to have to pull him away from those high leverage spots and someone else is going to have to step up, um, whether it be TJ Antone uh, or, or Nate Jones, who has had pretty mixed results so far. Um, someone, someone's going to have to fill that void uh, because Lorenzen uh, was expected to be obviously a very important uh, cog in the bullpen. Um, so I, I, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I, I don't think he's going to continue to pitch in those those uh, tight situations like he has so far. Dude is one of my favorite players on the team, but there are just, man, some of the numbers are just so concerning. I mean, he gives up a 370, and, and again, this is in five and a third innings pitch, so it's a terribly small sample size, but at the same token, opposing hitters are hitting 375 against him. He's got a whip of 2.63. And he's given up as many earned runs as Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, and Tyler Malley combined. I just, I I don't know what's going on with him. I'm with you. I think that there was a little bit too much emphasis placed on the, let me try and be the next uh, Roldis Chapman or something like that here with 103 miles an hour. And maybe that did something, but to have cause this much I mean somebody tweeted out the statistic like he had in like the second half of last season he gave up in 45 appearances he gave up 10 earned runs and he's obviously given up 10 earned runs in just the seven games that he's pitched in so far this year I I I really hope that he does turn it around but I'm with you he's he's got to get some time in hopefully when the Reds are ahead by like 10 or something like that and just they tell him to go in there and pitch and not worry about the numbers. Like, just get a couple innings in, get your mechanics down, and, and hit your spots. Because it's like you said, he's not hitting the spots. You can watch where either Tucker or Kirk Casale set up where they want the pitch, and whenever the pitch comes to him, they're moving like all the way to the other side of the strike zone. Or if they want it low and outside, he's throwing it right down the middle. It, it's it's all over the place right now. And, and I hope that he does turn it around. And a quick note, too, because – this dude was a punching bag early on because of what people thought of him last year and some of his comments he said, but Rysel Iglesias is amazing. Like if you stop at his ERA, then you're kidding yourself because he's got 10 strikeouts to no walks, a .9 whip, which is walks plus hits per innings pitched, and two saves and two opportunities. I, I, I'm not worried about him at all, and I, I'm looking for more from Amir Garrett. I wish they would pitch him more. I think that he deserves to be on the mound quite a few more times than he has. He has one-third of an inning more than Nate Jones, and I think that's a little off. I, I kind of hope I – mean, have you gotten the impression that David Bell has kind of weirdly managed this bullpen, or do you think that that's as big a deal as some are making it? Uh, I, I don't buy into that notion as much as uh, others might. Um, you know, I think regarding pulling starting pitchers, um, you know, the Reds are, are letting their starting pitchers throw more pitches than almost any team in the game. Um, and and if, if you've been paying attention at all, you've seen the uh, huge rash of starting pitching injuries going on right now. Um, so I, I cannot fault David Bell at all for looking out for his pitcher's health. They had limited time to get ready for this 
uh, shortened season. So I don't blame him at all for that. As far as the relievers he's chosen to use in certain situations, um, that's been a little a little odd at times. Um, talking specifically about using Nate Jones late in, in close games um, has been a little suspect. I think today bringing in Michael Lorenzen uh, with a two-to-one lead and, and runners on base uh, was questionable. I, I understand uh, wanting to get him some confidence. I think, you know, had, had Michael come out and, and, and thrown a, a perfect inning today, I think obviously that would have been huge for his confidence. Right. Um, but nothing we had seen so far this year um, really led, led me to believe that he was the right pitcher for that situation. Um, so there, there has definitely been times when David Bell's worthy of scrutiny. Um, for the most part, though, I mean, the, the pitchers, they got, they've got to get the job done when, they're, when their name is called, and they, and they a lot of times have not come through. Um, and there's only, only so much David Bell can do. That being said, I do agree. Uh, I would like to see Amir Garrett used a little bit more than he has been. Um, he can get hitters out on both sides of the plate, um, and, and I would like to see him get a few more innings. And, and I think there's a pretty good chance that's going to start to happen uh, as if and when uh, David Bell starts to shy away from Lorenzen, who has typically been one of his go-to guys in those high-leverage spots. I think you could see Amir Garrett uh, – who is also one of those guys, but I think you could see him get uh, a little bit more work uh, in the coming weeks as Lorenzen works through whatever it is he's going through. He is Matt Wilkes. He writes for RedsContentPlus.com. If you have not done so, and if you don't regularly check them out, then you're doing it wrong. Matt, I thank you so much for coming on, and I think we'll have you on again soon. We'll be talking some more statistics throughout the year with you. All right. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's funny that Matt mentioned the whole starting pitching idea and David Bell supposedly taking them out far too early compared to most fans' expectations. I'm going to tell you why if you're one of those fans that thinks that David Bell is taking starting pitchers out too early. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong on tomorrow's episode. Got a lot of stats to back that up too. Going to talk more numbers. That's right numbers tomorrow and we'll also preview the Kansas City series that begins tomorrow night but that's going to be it for today a nice extended podcast thanks to Matt Wilkes for talking for an innumerably longer portion of time than I asked him to I was very grateful for him for doing that but that'll do it for us here today make sure that you are subscribed on all the many podcasting platforms follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and at Locked on Reds on Twitter Facebook and Instagram as well. Now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Major League Baseball as Sully gives you a look at the league as a whole. But that'll do it for us here today. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.